We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. The 2023 season is in the books for the Chicago Bears. Seven and ten finish. Another loss to the Green Bay Packers, 10 straight. I believe the Bears were 3-25 and 25 since like 2010, something like that, against the Packers. Very, 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 very disappointing end after a big week, you know, a hyped-up week that they could go into Lambeau Field and, you know, potentially end Green Bay's season based on other results. They couldn't do it. Instead, they looked exactly how they looked in week one, and it was a disappointing showing. We're going to break all that down. The decisions to be made for the Bears. There's a couple big ones here in the offseason. And, you know, I'll give you the update from House Hall. Today was, there was locker cleanup. Before we get into all that, though, I have to welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, as I mentioned, man, um, you know, first off, I can't. it's been a quick, 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 quick season. I can't believe we're already sitting here January 8th. Um, you know, season's over. But, man, how disappointing was that game uh, on Sunday after all of the hype, after how well this team has played, after the talk from a couple of players that they're ready for Green Bay, and they come out and they let Jordan Love complete 82% of his passes. They let Dottavion Wicks and Bo Milton and Jaden Reed catch every ball imaginable, and they scored nine points on offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – the one thing that kept coming to my mind was same old bears, man. Like it doesn't seem to matter if the bears are going to win the division or if they're going to be the worst team in the league, they will find a way to lose to the green Bay Packers. And not only will they find a way to lose the green Bay Packers, but they will find a way to look terrible in the process. And like you said, and that and it's weird. Cause I've had a few people argue with me about this and it's like, okay, yeah, they lost by eight points. So it's like comparatively to week one, it's an improvement, but like when you really break down the game, like the bears came out, they got that opening field goal. The Packers went down, frankly, should have had at least a field goal, if not a touchdown. And then, you know, as soon as the Packers scored that touchdown, like it just felt like the bears were literally just hanging on the entire game. And then you look after the game and 
the Packers more than doubled their yards. Like Jordan Love had more throwing yards and the Bears had offensive yards. The Packers did not punt the entire game. So for all those people who are saying, well, the Bears defense only gave up 17 points, it's like, well, it should have been at least 23. In my opinion, it should have been 27. I that that Bo Melton, it should have been a, a touchdown. Uh, you know, he should have caught the ball. But it's just one of those things where you really start looking at it. They gave up 419 yards of total offense. The defense did. Like they again, the Packers didn't punt the entire game. Like the Bears were dominated in every fashion. And what was crazy about it is the only reason that they hung in that game was because they caught every single break imaginable. They had the the one turnover uh, on the fumble of Jordan Love. They had um, you know the basically the multiple different calls that went their way. And yet they still couldn't find a way to score a touchdown the entire game against a defense that gave up 30 points to the Carolina Panthers. Keep in mind, the Carolina Panthers, after they played the Green Bay Packers, their last two games of the season, they scored a combined zero points in eight quarters. And the and the Bears couldn't find a way to even get close to that point total. And that's the second time this year that Joe Barry with one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL has completely stymied uh, the bears offense. And again, defensively, like I, again, the score was different. I get that. But at the same time, like they didn't look very different from that week one game. It really looked like the same type of game outside of the fact that they were able to keep the, the score within one score. But it's like, it, I don't know, man, like I'm not discounting the progress that was made. Right, because I I feel like the Bears have very clearly made progress. They're very clearly a better team than they were last year. But I think that this game was also one of those one. I I think this is all the confirmation in the world that you need that you don't have the right coaching staff because they consistently get out coached by any good team, and especially the Packers. And two, for as close as they are, I feel like there are still key aspects of the team that need to be improved this year. I mean, I, I look at it this way, you know, and I think a lot of Bears fans would agree. I think the Bears are very, very close to having a playoff roster, um, a, a playoff-ready roster with the improvements they've made. Obviously, now, this offseason, there's a big decisions to be made. And, you know, you're going to have to make a decision on Luke Getze. You're going to have to make a decision on Matt Eberflus. You're going to have to make a decision on Justin Fields. Personally, my own opinion no inside information, nothing like that. I don't understand how Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, and Cunningham, George McCaskey, Virginia McCaskey, can sit there and watch yesterday's game, watch them lose 10 straight games. We know how much the Bears value these games against the Packers. I mean, they've they've made it clear with their actions or words numerous times over the years. How can you watch that game and think, yep, it's it, man. That's it. That we got to run this thing back. They came out, the, you know, they, they, they it's a one score game. They had them. When in reality, like once the Bears fell behind seven three, and then you know they couldn't come back, take the lead in in the in the first half. It felt like week one. I was like, this game's pretty much over. And like the Bears got opportunity after opportunity. They were given. I mean, it was a hell of a play by Tyreek Stevenson to keep the wide receiver inbounds at the end of the half to save points. It was a hell of a play by Tyreek Stevenson to punch that ball out of Jordan Love's hands, and the Bears recover. 
And the Bears, you know, didn't take advantage of that last fumble. So I, I just I don't know how you can see that and, and how you can sit here and you know, after the game, man, like Packers fans were going nuts in that like walkway that they have where they're leaving the stadium and, and some of them were chanting, you know, we want fields and they were Packers fans. They know like this is like they own us, man. There's no, it's not a rivalry. They the Packers went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Jordan Love in two games against the Bears is putting up incredible numbers. And the Bears just they they they, they can't stop them, even with Christian Watson out. Like it's bad, man. Like you said, like the offense scoring nine points, getting in the red zone twice, getting no touchdowns in the red zone. It's frustrating, but a lot. I mean, we're here. Like, there's some big, big, big decisions to be made this offseason. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, it, it's just it's it's one of those things where for as close as we thought the Bears were, I picked the Bears to win the game. I honestly I thought with the way the Bears have played lately, and you know, and that wasn't even really a discount to the Packers, but I thought that the Bears were finally on the right track, you know, it kind of accepted fate with Eber Flues coming back, whatever. And then they go out and they lay an egg. And it, it, and, it, and the unfortunate part about it is, is because it wasn't a blowout, I do think that that is going to, at least in terms of George McCaskey and how he's handled things in the past, I do think that that is going to have a little bit less weight or more weight or however you want to put it in terms of it not being a blowout versus it being the blowout. But it's just, I don't know, man, it, it's frustrating because I think we operated the majority of last year assuming that maybe the coaching staff wasn't like outright tanking, but they were making decisions, conservative decisions because of the goal in mind of basically rebooting things and whatever else. And I think we quickly learned this year that no, it's just widely, it's a pretty bad coaching staff. And like you said, I mean, it to me, and it's funny because like, you don't see a lot of like national media comment on the Bears situation or coaching or whatever outside of like Ian Rappaport and you know they're getting fed information so of course they're going to put some fluff behind it but from the comments that I've seen from just like people who have watched the Bears and the fact that they're even considering keeping Eberflus I mean people are mind blown they're mind blown it's like okay cool you went seven and, and ten this year the improvements there it's obviously you know like you would expect it to be there after you know having what they had in the draft and then turning around and, you know, having the money that they had in free agency. But it's like, I, I think that the bears is an organization with their current roster on the right track. I don't think their coaching staff is on the right track. And I think that that's, that's what's hanging me up because I think that this is the time to just hit the reset button with, with the, the coaching staff. And I mean, at least in my opinion, and I mean, we talked about this, you know, multiple times and granted it's been over a month now because obviously the bears have turned things around, but like the bears are going to have one of, if not the most attractive option for any head coaching candidate out there, whether they want a Jim Harbaugh, whether they want a Ben Johnson, wh whoever the hell they want, as long as they're willing to pay, they're probably going to be able to get them because it's one of those things where you don't have to make a decision on Justin Fields right now. Like you could very easily, you know, bring in a new coaching staff and say, okay, we're going to loop you in on the, these decisions. Like we want to marry the coaching staff 
with whatever quarterback we go with, whether that's Justin Fields. And I think if you keep Justin Fields, uh, you know, beyond this season going into 2024, I think that you at bare minimum need to pick up the fifth year option. Cause if you don't pick up the fifth year option and you keep him and you trade the pick, like what, what message are you sending? Like, Oh, we're really oh, not sure if we want to, you know, that's, that's t- yeah. If you, don't trade Justin Fields. You're committing to pick up that fifth year option. Yeah, Otherwise, you're committing to you're committing yeah. to the next two years, and that's kind of yep. the thing. Is it's like, so we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's there's a lot of decision making that needs to happen, but then you flip it and let's say you keep Matt Eberflus, but you fire Luke Getzey. And I know and this is something I've never agreed with is there's been this prevailing thought for some odd reason that you for some odd reason that you have to if you keep uh, if you keep Matt Eberflus, then you have to keep Luke Getzey because you have to keep Justin Fields or if you keep Justin Fields, you have to keep Luke Getzey. Dude, we've watched for two years now that that is not a marriage that is ever going to work. Like Luke Getze clearly does not trust Justin Fields. Luke Getze is very clearly not a good offensive play caller. I would say he's not a good offensive coordinator as a whole, even taking out the play calling. But like, if you know something's not working, then you've got to make a change at one of quarterback offensive coordinator. And I'll, I don't know how you feel, but I would not trust – an ounce of Luke Getzey touching a rookie quarterback. I'm sure you're in the same boat. No, no. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Like I, it's, it's so complicated too, because like if the bears do keep Matty Refluos and they take a rookie quarterback and Luke Getzey's gone, like in my personal opinion, I don't know many offensive coordinators are going to want to come here and take that job with, a head coach to let's be real, man. Like if that's the scenario, field decision or not, if Luke gets, he's gone, he is back. If the bears start off, I, I guess it's a little different with Caleb Williams, but if the bears start off one and four, one and five, two and six, like that's possible. They've started off bad the last two years in Matt Eberflus. Like he's firmly in the hot seat, potentially the first head coach fired mid season by this franchise. Like it is not going to end well. And then, the offensive coordinator doesn't have a job the year after that. So I like looking at those options, man, like who's got Frank, Reich? Like who he'd probably be the option to go. And like you were saying, like, I don't trust Luke Getzey, Matt Eberflus to develop a quarterback at all. Like, I think honestly, if that were to happen, like you'd have to just pray that, that, that Caleb Williams figures it out right away. 
Well, and I guess that's that's kind of my thing. As you said, it's 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 a complicated and it's complicated if they go the route of keeping Eberflus, and that's why I don't think this situation should be overly complicated because. I mean, really, what, what what you have is a situation where right now you don't know if you have the quarterback. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, but anybody who thinks they know for sure that Justin Fields is 100% the answer is just not being honest with themselves. And that's not to say that he can't be, but through three years in the league, he hasn't consistently been a good quarterback. And that's not, again, it's not to say that he can't get there, but I think that that's kind of where this goes, where if you fire Eberflus and you bring in, it didn't really matter. You could bring in Dan Campbell, and if Dan Campbell, uh, not Dan Campbell, sorry, Dan Quinn, and if Dan Quinn can bring in the right offensive coordinator, then, you know, kind of like uh, D'Amico Ryan's, and okay, cool. But you at least let that staff make the decision of whether or not they want to keep Justin Fields or go in the opposite direction, because that is my biggest concern right now is that they're going to keep Eberflus. They're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator, whoever the hell that might be, which I don't think it's going to be anybody like at least on paper. I don't think it's going to be anybody that many people are going to be excited about. And then if you keep Justin Fields, there's, you know, it's really not there's outside of obviously losing some of a contention window that should, you know, open up next year, at least for the playoffs. Like you're not really losing a whole lot, but if they go with if they keep Eberflus and they go with a new offensive coordinator and they go and they draft a new quarterback, that is my biggest concern right there. Because no matter what they say, you're following the same exact trend as what you've done the last two times that you've drafted a quarterback with Trubisky. It was John Fox, and you know you, you had to, I think it was what Dowell Loggins that offensive coordinator. They're out after a year. They bring in Matt Nagy. Things don't work out with Trubisky. Then you know, Trubisky's gone, and in a lame duck year, Matt Matt Nagy and Ryan uh, Ryan Pace get to go out, and they get to draft Justin Fields and trade up for him. And then the next year, all of a sudden, you've got a brand new coaching staff and a brand new regime. And it's like, I think Ryan Poles, because of what he's done, is going to be safe throughout this. I don't even think his job should be in question, but I do think that if hypothetically speaking, they run this all back or they get a new offensive coordinator and they run it back with Justin Fields and it fails and they don't make the playoffs next year and they keep Matty Reflues. I think that all three should be gone because it's, it's, it's a situation, it's a situation where again, and, and people want to make this seem like it's something that happens all the time. And it's not the bears have held the number one overall pick two years in a row now. Right. I'm not going to fault them for not taking CJ Stroud because I think that there, there is a level of uh revisionist history going on right now yes there were the rumors of carolina you know liking stroud more and then david tepper stepped in whatever but in this scenario where the bears stick at number one the consensus number one overall quarterback for most people was bryce young so to assume that they would magically take cj stroud at number one instead of bryce young seems again, like revisionist history and something that probably wouldn't happen. They probably would have had Bryce Young. It would have been in a better situation than what he was in in Carolina, but, you know, it's still not C.J. Stroud. So, like, you know, but you look at this year, and last year I think it was a little easier, too, because I think Justin Fields was just coming out of year two. You still had two, possibly three years' worth of control on his, you know, of cheap control on his contract. You still don't really know what you had after, especially after what they gave him last year it made all the sense in the world. I think this year you either know he's the guy or you don't. If you have any questions, if you're having to justify things, whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like if he's not clearly the guy in your eyes, then you have to move on. You have to draft a quarterback. And I know that people keep talking about this whole, 
well, you know, you're committed to at least one year of losing. I don't, I don't agree with that because as we've seen over the last few years, if you get the right guy and you surround him with enough talent out of the gate, which the Bears should be able to do because the Bears aren't the worst team in the league. The Bears, the reason the Bears have number one overall this year is not because they were the worst team in the league. It's because Carolina was the worst team in the league. They're going to have a better offensive line. They're going to have at least A.J. Moore. I would guess that they're going to draft another receiver high or go out and sign one. They're going to have a better offensive line next year than they, you know, than they had this year. It's a much better opportunity to come in and bring in a rookie quarterback. We haven't really seen that with a lot of these rookies. Um, and you know, even with, with CJ Stroud, like I, I don't know anybody that had them having more than four or five wins this year. I think you'd really have to go back to the Colts with Andrew Luck, um, you know, back in his rookie year, you know, to, to look at a similar type situation where there was already pieces around, like this is the time if you're going to make a quarterback switch, this is the time to draft a quarterback at number one overall, when you're not the worst team in the league, when you already have billing pieces, when you have the cap flexibility, when you have multiple first round picks. This is the time to do it. So that's what I'm saying. I don't, I get it from the Bears perspective, but I think unemotionally and not knowing obviously what's going on in the locker room and whatever else, but just looking at it from a pure football, from a week to week standpoint, I don't think the decision is that hard. Honestly, I really don't. No, I'm with you. I personally, I would reset. Like I said, I, I don't know how you can sit there and just say like, yeah, this, we need to run this back. We need to do that. You know, like this is what is going to get us to the promised land. And I get it. Like it's tough, especially in the field side with, you know, the teammates coming out and, and and having his back. I mean, what else are they going to do? It's they're going to have his back. Like it's his teammate. But at the same time, man, it's like this just needs to be a recess. It's not working. The combination's not right. The combination here in Chicago hasn't been right for years. So why not take another swing at a quarterback? Why not go get your head coach? Like you have the chance. There's a potential for John Harbaugh to come to Chicago. And I'm not a Harbaugh fan. I I, I was not in favor of pursuing him or anything like that. But if I'm going to have a guy – like that with that pedigree where he wins wherever he goes, I'd rather have that than this. Um, you know, you could, there's other candidates too. There's Ben Johnson. There's a, um, slow. Yeah. Yeah. From the Texans. Uh, we don't know what's going on. Bill Belichick. I I don't know if I'd bring him here. Hell no. Hell no. We're not doing that. But here's the thing that, here's the thing that it, that all comes down to is it doesn't matter because, the Bears aren't going to go out and pay Bill Belichick. The Bears aren't – I don't feel like the Bears are going to go out and pay John Harbaugh or, Har- or Jim Harbaugh. I, 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 I don't think, – I think Jim Harbaugh is a at least a consideration. I think when you yes, look at a guy like the Bill connection. Belichick – Yeah, and I think when, when you look at a guy like Bill Belichick, he hasn't feel – he hasn't feel it in NFL offense in over two years. Like – that, that that's the thing, man. It's like that, that's that's got to be the primary focus. And I'm not saying you need to go out and hire. If this was to happen, you need to go out and hire an offensive-minded head coach. But what I am saying is, you need to hire somebody who has experience fielding offensive uh, coordinators that are you know that are worthwhile. And like here's a like like I'll say it. I mean like the Bears aren't going to really pay for a Bill Belichick. They're not going to. I don't even, dude. I don't even know if they'll pay for a Jim Harbaugh. Like. I know there's a connection. I know what you just said, but like, I'd have to see it before I can even say that uh, there's a legit chance of that happening. Like, prove me wrong. I'd be totally fine with being proved wrong. And I think you're in a situation right now where 
you know, Harbaugh's playing for the national championship on Monday. He's hired um, an agent already who has experience at the NFL. There's the whole sign ceiling stuff going on. Matty Rufus has not had his meetings with ownership yet. The Bears will still have to interview someone for the Rooney rule. They'll probably still interview other candidates if they move on. It's going to be a slow process for a little bit here. Um, and they don't seem like, you know, maybe when Poles and, and Cunningham and Warren talk, if they're supposed to talk this week, still have no idea when that's going to be. Um, you know, maybe Ryan will first come out and say we're committed to Matt. And if he does, that clears everything up. I don't think it's the it's the right move, but it will clear everything up and the Bears can go forward with their next process. However, I mean – they could delay this. They could, it's just there's so many moving parts. Well, and the thing is, is I mean, and and I guess I, I, I'll preface this by saying, I don't I don't think Eberflus is going anywhere. Like we're obviously having an open conversation, probably with some some you know an, uh, an unneeded or unfounded optimism here. I think Eberflus is staying put. But if they do decide, like let's say they go through these meetings, and this is something that we we're talking about before we started recording, like. It could very well be a thing where they were leaning one way. Obviously, I don't think this game is going to have a huge impact. But maybe they're leaning one way, but they also wanted to see what the players were going to say in the exit interviews. And then also, too, the other part of this is like, okay, so let's say, you know, we all want, you know, I think most of us want to see uh, a new offensive coordinator next year. So what happens when they sit down? Let's just assume that this meeting happens on Tuesday, which would be tomorrow. And let's say they sit down. They say, okay, well, obviously the offense isn't working. What's your plan to fix the offense? And and Eberflus comes in and says, well, I'm going to get a new offense coordinator. Okay, cool. Well, who are you going to get? You know, you can list names all you want, but the reality of it is, one, the names have to be good, and two, they have to be obtainable. Because as of right now, there's already five different teams that have head coaching vacancies. That's not counting New England. That's not counting the Bears. That's not counting – uh, the Tennessee Titans, like there, there can always be other things. Like what happens if, if uh, you know, Green Bay goes into Dallas this week and Green Bay beats Dallas? I mean, is, is, is that going to be another potential spot where things open up? So it's, it's, it's a situation where you're already looking at five, very likely at least six open spots. If the Bears are looking for an offensive coordinator, that is seven open spots where offensive coordinator is going to be looking what kind of candidate can you get? Who is your backup plan? Who is your backup plan from that? How confident are you that you can get one of those guys? And then again, the next question would be, okay, so you get one of those guys. What is your plan at quarterback? And I think that, I think that that's where you can have a plan going in. If you're Kevin Warren and if you're Ryan Poles and if you're George McCaskey and you can sit down and you can have this plan of, well, we really like this guy. We think he's going in the right direction. But at the same time, like I think even, you know, the biggest fan of Eberflus in the world, whether that's Kevin Warren, whether that's Ryan Poles, I don't know. But even the biggest fan of him has to question, okay, we made progress this year, but what now? And I think that that's kind of where this is going to get a little tricky because, again, when you're looking at these offensive coordinators, these potential offensive coordinators, I think the last thing that the Bears can afford to do right now is go with somebody who doesn't have play calling experience. Like we've seen the Bears do that multiple times now with Matt Nagy, with Luke Getze, with Dowell Loggins. Like we've seen it happen time and time again, and it doesn't work out. Like they need to go out and they need to find a proven uh, offensive play caller, whether that's, uh, you know, you know, you start swinging big and it's like you, you mentioned Frank Reich, maybe 
maybe Eric Bieniemy doesn't end up getting any uh, any interest as a head coach. Maybe maybe that's the guy that you bring in. Okay, cool. That that would make me feel a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, Liam Cohen, um, somebody like that from the college level. Okay, I'm at least intrigued because he's called plays and there's some upside there. But if you're just talking to a guy like Frank Reich or you know some of these other retreads, like I I'm sorry, but like the, Frank Reich would completely depend on who the quarterback is. If it's Justin Fields, okay, maybe. If you're talking about going out and drafting a quarterback at number one overall and developing the guy, didn't didn't we just see that whole thing play out in Carolina and he got fired halfway through the season? Yeah, Carolina's a dumpster fire, but at the same time, like it's pretty it, I mean, it's you can't argue the fact that Bryce Young looked awful this year. Like I honestly, like I'm not usually one to write off quarterbacks in year one. I would be absolutely shocked if Bryce Young ends up being a good quarterback. I think the damage that they did to him this year with that offensive line, with those receivers, with that offensive scheme is beyond irreversible already. I think that the Bears have done some really stupid things to develop quarterbacks over the years, young quarterback. I think the Bear, the, the, the Panthers went to an entirely different level. Um, I mean, frankly, I think you can make an argument that his, his situation, his rookie year, was worse than it was for Justin Fields last year. And I think that's saying a lot. So it's just, it's a multi-layered thing. And I think that that's why it's worth having the conversation because yes, they may be leaning in one direction or another, but there's a reason that they're having these meetings. They're not simply going to, you know, Hey, well, let's go ahead and just recap the season. And then at the end of the recap, okay, well, you still have your job for 2024. So what now? Like it, they're, it's, it's a, there are complexities to it because they're allowing it to be complex. But I think until, until they come out and say one way or another, whether Eberflus is saying or not, I think that there is going to be speculation. I think that there deserves to be speculation because I think for most observers, I think you can look at this and really say like, Hey, this is probably the perfect time to go ahead and just reset the clock. Eberflus has done some good things. That's great. But in terms of long sustained success and where they're going as a franchise and how they're going to get there, I just don't. I just don't think he's going to be the guy. And, and that's going to be a couple of days still. Like, I'd be shocked if we heard anything. You know, we record this what Monday night. I'd be shocked if we heard anything Monday, Tuesday, directly from like Ryan Poles. You know what I mean? Like, I, potentially if someone, one of the insiders, gets you know something maybe but like uh, it's still a couple days but um whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system yet then you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's a disapp- another disappointing season. Like being, 
being there for for locker clean out was just like you could just tell like it was just I don't know so much excitement going into the week for the game and then kind of just all deflated. I will say like they do feel like you know Montez Sweat, DJ Moore, Carlos Santos, uh, Roshan Johnson. Um, you know they're all excited for the future. They they feel like they have the pieces in place. Um, obviously they're gonna have Justin Fields back, but. I don't know. I, I I know Peter King wrote today that he he leans the Bears are going to trade the pick. I would absolutely be shocked if the Bears did not take Caleb Williams um, number one overall, or if they if they did not come out of this draft with the one of Williams, May, or Jane Daniels. I would not touch the other two Penix or Knicks in the first round. McCarthy would not go after in the first round. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of just feels like, you know, and Justin said kind of goodbye to Chicago last night in his post game. It kind of just feels like it's over. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a tough situation. But like you said, like, you know, you have to look at the franchise. It's a business, it's a cutthroat business. Um, you know, you have to make the best decision for your franchise. When you have the chance to take someone like Caleb Williams, you have to do it. Um, I want to ask you, though, the, the Bears are also at number nine, too, which is an interesting pick because, I feel like the way things fall, you know, I think there's going to be three quarterbacks taken before nine. I believe both offensive linemen would probably be gone. Maybe Joe Alt is there. Uh, Marvin Harrison will be gone. I think in my opinion, man, I think there's a shot they could come away with, um, you know, Malik Neighbors, the LSU wide receiver, um, or, you know, they could come away with uh, – um, Odonze out of Washington, who's playing actually tonight's wide receiver. Would you go that combination quarterback wide receiver, seeing that they do need another wide receiver? Because I'd say I, I, I'm pretty positive it's Darnell Mooney's last run here. Yeah, no, I I would like if if I was mock drafting today, which obviously we're still a, a, a bit of a ways from that. If I was mock drafting today, based on what I've seen this year and what I think that they're going to do, I would absolutely go. Quarterback at one, Caleb Williams, um, and then I would absolutely go receiver at nine. And you know, I like I get I get the arguments of you know trading down at nine. I just I don't know, man. Like I, I think that people just automatically assume, hey, if you trade down with your you know with your uh, first round pick, you're going to get a first round pick in return in the next year. It's like, well, in reality, they would have to trade down from nine to probably like late teens, early twenties in order to pick up a first round pick next year. Like if they're going to pick up extra first round picks, that's going to come from number one overall. So yeah, I, it, it's funny. Cause like, I, I feel like if the bears decide to make the bold move and go in a different direction with the coaching staff, I think that going offense, offense becomes a lot more realistic. Now, I will say this. I think that if Matty Rafluz is the coach here next year, just judging based off of trends of what's gone on so far, I would be absolutely shocked if it isn't like quarterback and then defensive end or defensive tackle and then them turn around and, you know, take a receiver in the second if they get, you know, get a second round pick for Justin Fields or whatever, however they got a second round pick. But I I don't know, man. I'm I'm of the opinion that DJ Moore is absolutely a number one receiver. I think we've seen that throughout the year. I mean, he finished with over 1,300 yards. He set career highs. He almost had 100 catches this year. Like, he's that dude, man. Like, he gets open. He's still young. He'll be 27 next year. 
But I'm also of the opinion that Darnell Mooney will not be back. And I'm also of the opinion that the Bears have some work to do at receiver. It's obviously good that they have that number one guy, but I think that they need to get another, you know, top of the draft young uh, receiver that has a ceiling because ultimately, especially if you go out, well, it doesn't really matter. You can go out and draft a quarterback or keep Justin Fields. Like he needs more than just DJ Moore and Cole Komet. So whether that's Brock Bowers, which I'm not a giant fan of at nine, I don't really like taking tight ends that high because as we've seen, even guys like Kyle Pitts, who were supposed to be. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Unflappable and you know not going to bust. Have not, at least in my opinion, have not produced nearly to the level of caliber of where he was drafted at. Um, so yeah, I absolutely re- lean receiver in that situation over a trade down or a defensive lineman. Before we wrap things up, you mentioned earlier, you know, obviously the bears would be one of the top destinations if they do, um, you know, fireman Aberfus, I, I would ask you though, what situation in your eyes would rival the bears as being the next best or potentially you know, the best, and, and if other people have opinions, um, you know, Las Vegas has an opening, the Chargers have an opening, the Falcons have an opening, the Commanders have an opening, potentially some more coming. Are there any that you think would, you know, contend for that best, you know, job available or maybe another one that would really, really intrigue Harbaugh? I, I think obviously – I think the Chargers job is going to be an interesting one. And like if their cap situation was better, I think that that would be one where you could say, okay, you've already got Justin Herbert. You've got him under contract. You've got some good talent. This team has chronically underachieved for God knows how long. Um, But I mean, when you look at the, the Chargers cap situation, like they're going to be cutting a lot of talent this year because they have to, like, I don't think, Khalil Mack is going to be back. I don't think they can afford to keep both Mack and Bosa. Like there is going to be a lot of tough decisions on that team being made. Keenan Allen's probably not going to be there anymore. Like it's, I think that that one makes some sense. And I know that there's been a lot of, you know, ties drawn. I think the only other one, and this is going to sound kind of crazy, but bear with me here is the Washington commander's job. They finally got a new owner. That's not a complete jackass. So that's, you know, that's, you know, step number one, two, They've got a healthy cap situation, and three, they got this the second overall pick in the draft. Like that, that was one of those things that kind of snuck up on some people because I felt like, and I was one of those people even like five weeks ago where I'm like, well, I think we already know the top three of the draft. I think you know it's going to be in some way, it's going to be the Bears, New England, and Arizona, and it ended up being to where Washington ended up sliding in, and they're you know number two, and New England's number three. So. That's another attractive destination just because obviously that's going to be a rebuild. But I also think that Josh Harris, the new owner there, getting his own guys in and the the unique structure that they're going to have in that front office is I, I think that that's going to be an attractive destination because I think Josh Harris is a guy that has seen 
multiple teams through like multiple professional sports teams through and kind of knows how, you know, what he wants to do and how to build the team. So I think that that job is going to come with probably at least three to four years of a leash. Um, so I think that that's one where you could kind of look and, and make an argument. But I think ultimately if the bears job comes open, you're talking about a, a young team, a team with plenty of cap flexibility, the team with a number one overall pick number nine overall pick, your choice of quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Your choice of quarterback. Like basically whatever the hell you want to do. Oh yeah. And by the way, pretty good chance that you're going to be a playoff team next year. And you're going to get that longer leash at least for the, you know, for the next two or three years to be able to do what you need to do. So I don't know, man, I think if the bears job comes open on the market, I think they, and this is not some biased take. This isn't some Homer take. Like I legitimately believe if the bears market, the job comes on the market, They'll be able to get whoever the hell they want as long as they're willing to pay them. Yeah, the other thing, you know, uh, Washington hired um, Bob Myers, who was the architect for the Golden State Warriors dynasty. I know it's it's cross sports, but, I mean, this guy, he, he, he knows what he's doing, ex-NBA executive. Um, that was a big hire. It, it, it shows, man, like they're they are for real. Harris is for real. Um in turning this thing around. And I do, I would say they're probably number two. You know, I, I do think the Las Vegas situation is very interesting too, because you're in Las Vegas, you have the chance to be King of Sin City. Um, but, you know, you also have some talent too. Like you have Devonta Adams, if they decide to keep him, you have Max Crosby, you, you know, you need a quarterback um, obviously, but that that's kind of an intriguing spot for me as well. But I would agree. I, I, fully think number two would be Washington. Now this is if the Bears job becomes open. Um, that's something we'll talk about more later on, potentially this week, um, if we get to hear from Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, Kevin Warren. We also mentioned Ian Cunningham has been um, requested to interview with the commanders. Uh, probably one of a few opportunities. Yeah, it was going to end up have. being, I would guess, five job openings with the GM. There's already four yeah. in I mean, I think everybody knows Bill Belichick's gone in New England, and obviously they're going to have to change up their entire power structure there. So there's very likely going to be five spots open. I honestly would be shocked if Ian Cunningham didn't get a job this year. I know a lot of people like, oh, he's only done whatever for the Bears, but it's like, dude, he's been with two really good organizations for the Bears. Like, this dude is legit. And I said it would almost be, in my opinion, a failure if he did not get a job this year. Yeah, well, I mean, he he had it's been reported multiple times. He had the Arizona job and turned it down. I mean, you, you look at, I think I think the best position for him would be to go to Washington. I think Washington is going to be one of those those groups that like, especially with their power structure and how they're going to do things. I think that he's going to have a long leash there. He can do what he wants, and I think there's also some benefit too because he can kind of operate the same way that the Bears have been operating. Like the Bears have known they've had number one for a few weeks, and that they're going to be picking high. He can take a lot of that same practice that he's been using with the Bears over the last year and a half. He's and been scouting over Washington. Yeah, he's been scouting yeah. these quarterbacks already. I'm honestly the one thing I'm really curious about with the Ian Cunningham situation. I because you have to. I'm sure Ryan Poles knows. Like he's losing his guy this year. I wonder how much Ian Cunningham has been involved in the pre-draft stuff, the the quarterback talk, all that. Because I mean, we've we've heard it, and I know Josh Lucas has done multiple radio hits and podcast hits, including Hogan Johnson. He's talked about 
the small circles and the, the conversations that are being had. I really wonder if Ian Cunningham has been a part of any of that. Cause that's also another factor with him sitting at number two as well. If, if he already knows what Ryan Poles is planning on doing, that could be very advantageous for him one way or another. I, I would, my best guess would be he, he's been involved. I don't know if he's had the full role like he did last year. I don't think, I don't I know Ryan Poles probably preparing for him to be gone. Um, to me, it doesn't feel like Ryan Poles would hide anything from him. My thing would be, you know, if the Bears are there at two or one, you know, the Bears are there at one, he goes to Washington, Washington's at two. Ryan Poles loves Drake May. Okay, let's say that. Cunningham pretty much has all the leverage. Not all of it, but he has he has leverage in that in that deal because you know he can say, all right, we'll just sit back and, and wait for Caleb Williams. Um, you know, if Poles hasn't tipped his hand, I love Williams, I love May. You know, maybe Poles sort of gives him a little discount on the trade. Maybe there's a another offer where Ryan Poles turns down a fifth or sixth round pick and's like, yeah, this offer, we'll take this one with Cunningham, do him a favor. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that that's the case at all. I don't I'm not say anything shady or anything like that, but I could just see, you know, if there are some scenarios, I, I think he's been involved as much as possible with, with scouting and knowing, I just don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I don't think Ryan Poles walking around the office saying, yeah, it's Caleb Williams or Drake may, you know what I mean? I, th- yeah. I think, well, I don't think that decision, d- despite what some may believe, no, I don't think, I, that think decision I think they have a favorite. I think they have. Well, a I think favorite. they. I think they have a favorite, and I think they have an idea of what they're going to do. But I, yes. I think again. I mean, I think a lot of this depends on what they do over the, the you know, these next few days with their decision making. Because, I mean, it's got to be in the back of their mind. You have to think it's got to be in the back of their mind. And I know that you know there's always a level of pride, and you know, even to a you know lesser extent, arrogance of like, well, this happened in the past, but this isn't going to happen with us because our process is different. But like, you have to think like. Ryan Poles has this in the back of his mind. Like, dude, we're about like, regardless of what our intentions are here, like, you know, we, we may be presenting, like we're about to go in the circle for the third straight time with keeping Eberflus and whatever else. So it's just, it's going to be very interesting. And I think that that has to be like, we talked about that has to be a big part of the equation um, in, in terms of what they decide to do with the coaches and how confident they are that they can get the right offense coordinator if they do fire Getsy and so on and so forth. But yeah, there's a whole nother level to this with, with Ian Cunningham. And again, there's five jobs open that, that, that neither one of us is sitting here sourcing any information or saying that, you know, Cunningham's a favorite for the Washington job. But it does, it would make a lot of sense. And it would be a very advantageous spot for Ian Cunningham to be coming into, especially with that number two overall pick. Yep, exactly. It's going to be very, very, very busy <laughs> next couple of weeks. And then even more so as the draft process gets going. But stick back with us. Uh, we'll have you covered and everything. Do the best we can to podcast as much as possible with any big news breaking or anything like that. Um, Aaron, where can I want to follow you on Twitter at and where can I want to read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. You can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z I C K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms, helps us and picks for polls. I'm getting ready for apparently two snowstorms coming our way. So I don't know. That's kind of sounds fun. But um, yeah, we'll have everything covered. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe. Please stay healthy.